Welcome to the Lead Podcast, helping you to get it, grow it, and give it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lead Podcast. I'm Ryan Becker and I am joined here by the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Schultz. Thank you so much, Mark, for being here. Thank you. Enjoying this. So because we kind of do these on a limited time, I just kind of want to jump right into this with uh, just kind of some background. I know you're kind of a big, you're a big name in the Christian world. Everyone knows you, but not many people may not, or not many people may know how your career began. What, what were the beginnings for you? So uh, I came to Nashville and, uh, you know, it's so funny. I was, um, uh, I didn't know anything about Christian music because in my small town in Colby, Kansas of 5,000 people, we didn't have Christian music. And so I came to town, and I remember somebody heard my music, and they said, I can see you being a Christian music guy. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and so I was a waiter at a restaurant, and I was also, I worked as an intern at BMI, which is a music place that collects money for, real, uh, for songwriters if their songs are played on the radio. Okay. And uh, I met a girl there who said, man, you are a nut. You need to hang out with kids. And she uh, said, here's a guy named Mark DeVries. He's a youth minister. You need to hang out with him. And I was like, he will make me hang out with kids. There's no way. So uh, I ripped his number up and I threw it in the trash can. And uh, nine months later, uh, I'm uh, working my other job that pays me uh, as a waiter. And this couple comes in and they sit down at this table. And there's a hot pepper on this guy's plate when I serve his food. And he goes, hey, waiter, I want to see how tough you are. And I said, I, I thought, okay, weirdo. And uh, he cut it in half and gave me the hotter half. And he put his water in the middle of the table. And he goes, hey, whoever drinks this water first loses. So I stared at him. He stared at me. And I stared at him. And his face turned red. My face turned red. I drank his water. And he and I drank his wife's water. And he was like, man, what is your name? And I said, Mark. And he said, you must be smart if your name's Mark. Because there are a lot of smart guys named Mark. And I said, you must be Mark, too. And he said, yeah. And I said, what, Mark what? And he said, Mark DeVries. And I said, man, are you a youth minister here in town? Like a million people in Nashville. He's like, how would you know that? And I said, uh, a girl told me to call you nine months ago, and I didn't because you hang out with kids. And I, and I thought I would, you know, I would, you know, uh, have a seizure for hanging out with kids. So I never <laughs> did call you. And he said, man, do you like snow skiing? And I was like, sure. He just didn't tell me I'd take 15 seventh graders with me on a, on a, oh, on a no. ski trip. So <laughs> oh, long story no. short, I woke up one morning, and I'd been duct taped to a bed by a bunch of seventh graders. Yep. And, uh, but I fell in love with those kids and uh, just loved Mark DeVries. And I stayed there for 10 years as a youth director, and, and I stayed there all the way from their seventh grade year until they graduated from college. Visited them every year. Even after they were out of college, we, we went around the country and, and saw them every year at their, their colleges. Wow. And, um, and so he would say, hey, write a song. You went on a mission trip, write a song about it, and the kids would sing it on Sunday morning. And, uh, and so that's how I started. I just started writing about what God was doing in the lives of the kids and just backed into Christian music without knowing what I was doing. Mm, gotcha. So... Since being, uh, since becoming an artist and, and being on the road, what what's a uh, a funny or like a fun story that you've had happen to you? Man, there's always a fun story that happens to me. It <laughs> seems like I'm a traveling fun story, but uh, you know what? Uh, I'll just I'll say the latest one. So yesterday, um, or two days ago, I was uh, doing the Alive Festival in uh, in Ohio, and I got up on stage, and I mean it's just a humongous festival. And uh, I said, you know what I love about festivals? Like you can get funnel cake here and stuff. It's just unbelievable, you know? And I said, what's everybody eating? And uh, there's a guy eating something. I was like, man, I could really go for one of those right now. And this guy ran me up a, a can of Pringles and he gave them to me on stage. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's so nice. And I go, but I mean, you can't really, and I haven't even started to sing yet, but I was like, man, it seems weird to just have Pringles and nothing to drink. I mean, that's just weird. And this lady comes up with a with a can of Coke straight out of the ice <laughs> and hands it to me. And I was like, 
And that's really good too. I said, you know what? No dessert. I guess I'll just go without. And this lady comes screaming down through the people and she's got a bag of M&Ms that she hands to Amazing. me. Then a guy comes out with a bag of buns from somewhere. I don't know, just buns. And he, and he gives them to me. And I was like, what do I do with a bag of buns? And another lady come, she came running through the crowd with uh, ham slices and, and cheese they for like a family pack. And she handed it to me. And I was like, this is going to be the most awesome meal ever. I go, you know what I really want? A new truck. That's what I really want. <laughs> and uh, and the, everybody was howling, but it just it just it just got out of control. But that was and I I could think of a lot of funnier ones, but that just happened two days ago. So that's yeah, no, the first that's one crazy. That comes to mind. I wish I I wish I could summon food. You know from what the I crowd. mean? Just right now, I'm going to try it right now. You know what I like? A chocolate cake. Let's just see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, the worst you get is nothing, right? That's nothing. If you don't yeah. ask, you don't get it. That's right. So, what do you wish? Uh, Christians knew about what you do in your job? What are maybe what's a misconception or something that you wish they would just understand? Man, that's a good question. I don't know. I think, um, you know, um, people always ask me, hey, how do you like the Christian music industry? You know, and I'm like, I, you know what, to be honest, I don't know really about the industry because I've always, I started as a youth director who wrote songs about what I saw God doing in the lives of the kids and the families. And uh, I've never strayed too far away from that because um, I think the, industry has a kind of connotation of, hey, it's a money-making machine that you you go out and it's, uh, hey, Christian music, but then there's, you know, what are you, are you is, a, is, a, is Christian or is it uh, music business, you know what mm. I mean, the business side. And um, I try to stay clear on the, on the, just the Christian part, which is just, what do I see happening in the church, what do I see happening in the lives of my kids uh, and my wife and me, and I write about those things. So I think if there's a misconception, uh, it might be, you know, uh, I'll say this. Uh, I rode my bike across the country uh, from California to Maine one summer, like in 2007, to raise money for orphans, and I gave all the money away uh, for that summer. And uh, and I remember I got an email from a guy that said, uh, hey, I, he's a Christian guy. He's like, hey, I, I don't mind supporting this kind of stuff, but but uh, why should I give money to you, Mark Schultz, who's, you know, his face is up all over the internet for this crazy ride you're doing and all that kind of stuff. Isn't this just a thing where you're trying to get attention for yourself? And I thought about it for a while, and I wrote back to him. I said, man, that's a good question. I can understand why you would think that. I said, but uh, funny thing about it is uh, I'm not getting paid. As a matter of fact, I told my wife, hey, we're going to give all our money away for three months to raise money for orphans, and we're just going to get it away. And uh, the beautiful thing is if you have some uh, notoriety, like if people know your name, mm-hmm. And you're used to doing a tour where you ride a bus across the country, but this time you said, "Hey, you know what? I'm not going to ride a bus. I'm going to pedal across the country." Uh, and people would say, "Why are you trying to do that to get all kinds of attention for yourself?" Well, you can spend your notoriety however you want to, like like a currency. And I can get people's attention and say, "Hey, buy more of my records. Buy more of what I'm doing." Or I can say, "Hey, I'm using my currency to raise money for orphans." Mm, that's you powerful. Know? Yeah. So, uh, and then he wrote back and he said, oh, you know what? That's a good point. So uh, it wasn't anything that, it wasn't anything for me. And um, and I think that's the, uh, for me, that would be, every once in a while people might say, hey, you're on a pedestal. So why are, you know, what are you doing and why should I pay attention to you? And isn't that just for your glory or whatever? And I, you know, I was, I was grateful in that time to be able to say, no, it's not for my glory. Matter of fact, there's easier ways to get across the country to do concerts than pedaling. Mm, yeah, over the fair. over Colorado, you know what I fair. mean. So, uh, but anyway, that was just that was the one instance I can think of. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think churches do well in regards to worship? Hmm. 
You know, I think when the, what I think, you know, I've, I've got some friends who are worship leaders, and I think when you get a worship leader, a worship team who is in sync with the minister, and they're on the same page, and they're, 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 uh, the preaching and the music are, are uh, what's the, for a better term, uh, have each other's back. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So people come out of there just go and feel like, man, that was not only a solid message, but all the songs. You know, it was kind of like that's the tabletop was the message, and all the legs were on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so everything felt really good and balanced in this message that I heard this week. You know, that's why, and, and my wife and I talk about it when it's done really, really well, when the sermon is great and the music is great all the way around it, and it's focused on, you know, pointing in the same direction. You know, we'll often talk about, you know, we go to church on Sunday. We know it was a good Sunday when we're still talking about the sermon on Thursday, you know? Yeah. And we're excited to go back on Sunday. You know what I mean? That fires me up. And I got to tell you, when that happens, it's really great. And I would say also, we go to a church that doesn't make a big deal out of the music. I mean, as a matter of fact, they're off over in the corner, almost out of sight when they're doing their thing. And I've been to other churches that, you know, they're dead center and it's all about the praise and worship and the people yeah. and they're, you know, leading and all that kind of stuff. And I guess it depends on, you know, to what, what folks are looking for. What they, but man, you know, I'm on the road and I'm doing shows and all that kind of stuff. And there's something kind of fun. Uh, to have the music just kind of back over in the corner. And they're doing their thing, but it's not like, hey, check me out, as I, as I, you know. And I try to make my shows not like, hey, check me out. It's more of a relational yeah. thing. We're leading. I'm telling my stories. But if you leave going, man, Mark Schultz was more important than the message tonight, then that's, you know, yeah, that's crazy. I can understand that for that's sure. crazy to me. So now let's, let's flip that. And what do you wish churches would do differently in regards to worship? Man, uh, I have some friends uh, who uh, lead worship and also uh, lead uh, other churches in how to worship well. And I followed him around. We, we did a tour, and on this tour, I was able to go to some of his churches and watch what he does. And I think just in general, he would say there are so many churches that are reaching out to him, like he just started to help a couple churches and say, well, here's let's, let's, let's get our worship dialed in because, you know, some churches will say, man, the the messages are great, but the music is from 1970s or 75 or 80, and they haven't stepped it up. And so they're losing people because people are like, man, we're just not motivated by the, the music or whatever. And um, so it's really cool to see him go in and how he can develop the worship team and focus the worship team and bring about, hey, this is what good worship looks like. Because I think a lot of uh, you know, for a lot of churches, it's kind of secondary, you know? Yeah. Where they say, you know, we're the uh, the ministry here is great. The music, we don't really understand it or what they do. They're kind of in their own world over there. And it kind of helps, again, bring the minister and the worship team together and say, hey, you're all a, you're on the same team, you know? Mm. So help each other out and, again, have each other's backs and, and uh, prepare together and prepare well and send people out of the room feeling like the message and the music were hand in hand and it was a. It was just a great, great day of, uh, of church. Mm, awesome, and I agree. I, I think worship does come secondary in a lot of places, and we could use some renewed focus and, and, and vision. And sometimes secondary area. is being uh, being uh, really gen- generous. Sometimes it comes in about tenth. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Of a list of things, and and um, again, it doesn't have to shine and be the thing that people show up like, hey, I can't. But uh, I just think there's. You know, there's so many things. It's just not the way when when uh, when I grew up. It was you go to church, and you go to church, 
And uh, now there's just so many things calling out for people's attention. I mean, it's just the internet and it's it's everything. There's so many uh, options of uh, uh, churches just had to get better at delivering their message and yeah. doing it in a way that keeps people's attention and, and pulls them in and keeps them uh, designed to keep them their attention. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's let's move into the direction of of musicians specifically, and um, someone like me who you know I pastor a couple churches, and and so what can what can pastors and and our leaders in ministry do to invest in and mentor the musicians in their churches? Mm, that's a good question. I wish my friend was here who lead because he would have the best answer for this, but. Just trying to think about, you know, when I was a youth director and when I was hanging there, I think one of the things is um, uh, having a spot at the table to to hear and understand what's going on in that world, hmm. you know, and to listen as a part of, uh, man, how can we support you and what you're doing? But also, um, one of the things that I thought was um, really cool when I was a youth director, the the youth ministry team said, hey... We're going to give you an uh, an hour a day. We're going to pay you, but we're going to pay you an hour a day to dig into the Word. And you know, we're going to not not hey, this is church, and then on your own time, find time to learn about God. But it's like hey, we're this is part of your job is to dive into the Word, and it might be part of your job is hey, here's what's going on in the sermon this week. So we're going to give you we're going to pay you for an hour this week just to dig into that and study it. And so when I'm talking about it. And you're singing about it that you know exactly we're on the same page and you've put some effort into learning what's going on. Uh, I think that's one. And I think, oh, man, uh, uh, you know what? That's as far as I can go with that question. No, that, right I mean, there. that's a great answer. Absolutely nothing wrong with that answer at all. I, I Giving people a seat at the table is huge. I don't think we do it enough. So uh, let's... Um, let's kind of continue moving here, and and if you hear anything in the background, that's my uh, son checking out the <laughs> windows through the windows and the and the window shades. Yeah, we're having a good time in hey, here. Rachel. It's always a party. So, um, when we talk about musicians, what what are some things that you see musicians not doing well, or musicians what what could they do better in order to improve or even be taken more seriously in their environments? Yeah, I think is this worship related? Yes, you still think? worship related. Yeah, I think uh, for me, most of all, the there you know in our church there is a girl that sings, and she is awful. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> there's a girl at church that sings, and man, she is genius about getting people involved, mm. you know, just the way she approaches what she does. And uh, and then we also have people who you get the sense of, man, this is kind of my time to shine. You know yeah. what I mean? This is my time. This is me time. And so it's like, hey, the audio, the, uh, the the folks who have come to church, uh, is uh, they get to hear me sing today. You know what I mean? I've seen that as well mm. and kind of the worship star kind of a thing. Yeah. And uh, man, it is there is a gift in knowing how to lead people and how to shepherd people into worship. You know what I mean? Mm. As opposed to I'm going to sing to you, and uh, but when she sings, there's a part of me that wants to go. I want to help. I want to jump in. I want to. She's got a beautiful voice. It's not that I'm helping her, but I feel like I need to get involved in this. Where the other one has me, you know, instead of leaning in, I'm leaning backwards. Like, hmm, well, wonder what the next song is going to be. And I wonder, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's just the the same as like a, when I a, when I hear a good sermon, uh, I think I start to think, man, I can apply this today. I can I can apply that now, but I can also apply it on the way home, and I can apply it when I get home, and I'll be a better dad if I do this. 
And worship feels like, man, I can do this right now. I can join her right now, and I can be fully engaged in this thing as opposed to, okay, I'm listening to words, and I'm just kind of going through the motions. And, okay, sometimes, you know, Kate and I will talk about, you know, hey, we get to the parking lot, and I'm not sure what the message was today. You know what hmm. I mean? I'm not sure I got my head wrapped around that. And we can do the same thing with the music as well. Like, yeah, what are we singing? I don't really, I don't remember. But, uh, again, when it's done well, I remember the message and the worship, and they kind of, uh, they kind of weave together. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you what do you consider foundational to being an artist and keeping your faith? Mm. I think you got to have a mentor. You know what I mean. Here's the thing that I think, and my mentor, Mark DeVries, who's who was youth minister for thirty years, the same guy that I had the hot pepper eating contest yeah. with. So I'll still jog with him in the mornings on some of these mornings, uh, and so I've known him now for gosh twenty three years. I think, but he he says everybody needs um, uh, a mentor, somebody that's ahead of them in life, that 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 person can feed them, and say, hey, here's here's what I've learned spiritually on my journey, and here's what is important to me at an older age, so they can hand down. They also need um, that same person that has a mentor also needs somebody to walk along with them to say you know, side by side to say, hey, here's my here's my struggles and here's what my life is, here's what I'm walking through so they can have that kind of accountability person yeah. in their life. But they also need uh, somebody who's a few uh, blocks behind them in life so that they can then pour out into that person who's down, uh, you know, who still hasn't um, walked in the uh, on the road that they've walked. So uh, I think it's pretty cool, this uh, somebody ahead, somebody to walk with and somebody behind so you can be fed, share legitimately out of your heart and where you are right now, and then say, okay, it just, it's not all about me. Now it's the next generation that I need to invest Absolutely. in. So uh, I think that's foundational um, because I, you know, there's a, it's a group of guys that were Sunday school teachers that I started to have uh, lunch with uh, every couple of weeks um, when I first joined the church as a youth director, uh, and I still have lunch with them about every two weeks for the last 23 years, and they wow. still buy my lunch. But man, what's really cool is one of them's twenty years older than me, and one of them is uh, let me get this right, fifteen years older than me. And their kids now are out of school. My son now is six years old. So what's really interesting to watch them go through twenty three years ago, go through life and what it means to be a good dad, and what it means to be a follower of Christ, and what it means to be a good husband, and how you invest in community. And now to see them twenty three years later, and I say, hey, I know this was important to you, like. Uh, the best schools are important to your, you know, getting your kids in all that kind of stuff. And they go, nowadays they go, yeah, I don't know. I think if I had to do it all over again, it's the time I spend with my kids hmm. as opposed to taking my kids to these places where they need to get educated and all this kind of stuff. And they go, I just, I probably missed out more on just hanging with my kids and just investing them one-on-one -on -one and being busy in work just to be, you know, whatever it is that I go, man, I'm so good that I get, I'm so grateful that I get a glimpse into the, my future. And I can change that now if I want to. And, mm. and uh, so to me, that's uh, foundational. I think digging into the Word every day, like we talked about, whether you're getting paid or not, <laughs> uh, is important. And uh, and you know what? Uh, I have Luckily, I'm married to the best woman in the world. And uh, my wife, Kate, is a strong woman of faith and a great Christian and a and just somebody that, you know, when I said, when I said hey, how about if I ride my bike across the country and we give away money for three months? And we uh, don't make any money. 
how would that be? And she started crying. And I was like, oh, no, bad idea. <laughs> but she said, no, the reason I'm crying is because I think it's an awesome idea, and I love that, and I'm crying because I want to go with you so bad if I could get on a bike. and rent. But she was going through medical school. Uh, she's like, I would I would go with you in a heart. I just it's sad that I won't get to go with you because it's a great opportunity to give back and be a part of that. And so, um, man, to me, that's been monumental to be married Absolutely. to her. Man, what a great story. So when we now you, you mentioned in this story and, and at the very be, and, and near the very beginning about uh, riding your bike across the country and, and, and giving that money away. And I know you're involved in charity work and things like that. So I want to give you some time. Talk to us about the charities that you're involved with and, and what's passionate about what, what God has placed on your heart outside of music and outside of, outside of your work. Yeah, so uh, I was adopted when I was two weeks old. And uh, I always tell people, you know, uh, I was a quarterback in high school. I ran track, played baseball, pitched on the state championship team, played uh, baseball and track and, and ran track in college and did music and, you know, came out to do music and on now doing that. And I always one of my parents think like, oh, man, we didn't get a dud. You know, we got a, we got one that overachieved. Well, how great is that? And I always wanted to work hard doing that. And then uh, we just adopted our, our first daughter from China, and she's uh, last year, and so she's uh, almost two now. And what's mm. interesting is I saw that um, when we got her, I realized, oh, my gosh, and it sounds cliche, but there's nothing she can do to make me love her more or less. I just am all in for her. And uh, what I realized is being adopted by Christ is that um, me as a child— even with my own parents or for God, I would be saying, hey, look at me, look what I'm doing. I want you to think that I'm not a dud, like you really got somebody special here. But from his perspective, he's looking at me just going, hey, as an adopted kid, you're just loved. Yeah. And I just want you to be you, and I'm just going to love you, and you just go be you, but don't feel like you're doing it to impress me for anything. And so um, when I finished my bike ride across the country and raised money for orphans, uh, my wife said, hey, when are we going to do that again? I was like, hey, we didn't do that the first time. That was me by myself. And she said, well, we got to do something. And so I had a song called Remember Me. And she said, how about if we call something called, like make a foundation called the Remember Me Mission to acknowledge that we realize there's kids that aren't remembered. Like there's millions upon millions. I forget what, there's over 200 million orphans around the world or something like that. And it's it's crazy number, wow. maybe even more than that. And uh she said, they're just not remembered. So let's, let's do a foundation where the money comes in and then we just help support those organizations that love on kids. Uh, because I would love for these kids to get great homes, but for them also to say, hey, I don't have to be, I don't have to, man, you know what to kill me? When I went back to where I was adopted from, on my bike ride, they were having a, uh, they were having a adoption thing at the mall. Uh, I was adopted from Kansas. So it was at this mall in Kansas. And they had all these kids' pictures. They were, uh, what do you call those pictures when they're, when they're like a glamour shots? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a glamour yeah. shot. Like kid portraits and, kid yeah. Kid portraits and they're wearing a gown and they're wearing just, or their sports outfits and stuff. And they were really done well. So I walked into the mall because they wanted me to speak for this thing. So I walk in the mall and I see all these kids decked out on these pictures. And then uh, the kids are standing next to the picture. And under the picture, it says, my name's, my name's Jimmy. I love athletics. Uh, I'm good at baseball. I love to do math problems. Uh, I'm looking for a forever family that will love me. 
and will, you know, take care of me and that, it, like, they'll think that, you know, they'll want to come to my games and stuff like that. And, man, my heart just hit the floor, and, and, and I was just crying as I'm reading these things. And somebody said, mm. yeah, what's your connection to these kids? And I was like, man, I am one of these kids. Well, yeah. I came from here. Yeah. But luckily I wasn't 18 and had these glamour shots, and essentially it was like, hey, look at me. Take me home. You know what I mean? You could... Am I am I doing enough for you to see me? I got a glamour wow. shot, and here's my rap sheet of all the great things I've done, and here's what I'm looking for in a family. And the kids were standing next to their picture, so if the people coming through the mall had really? a question, they could just ask them, like, "Hey, Jim, yeah, we saw Jimmy at the mall, and we got to know him there, and fell in love with him, and we adopted him, and all that kind of stuff." Anyway, that breaks my heart. Even to talk about that kills me. And so. Um, what was the question? I don't remember. Oh, oh, remember me mission. So, um, so yeah, it's to help kids who are really young, hopefully help to get them into forever families so they don't have to stand next to their picture and put themselves out on, you know, an advertisement for somebody to love them yeah. and take care of them. Oh, that kills me. And so, um, and so that's what we're doing now. My wife's an OBGYN, catches them for a living. And, uh, <laughs> she, uh, she, she really works hard with all these organiz, uh, organizations around the world who uh, not only she, is she helping orphans and doing that, but she's also doing maternal health so that moms in third world countries who usually, you know, a, lot, a good portion of them die during childbirth because they don't have the right equipment, uh, which infuriates her. But um, so a lot of these mothers so that they can stay alive through the process so they can raise their kids, you know. Hmm. Um, because there's a, their mortality rate is pretty high for kids and, and mothers in third world countries. And so uh, it's pretty cool that I get to do the music side. And uh, she every year she does, like uh, last couple of years, she's written children's books. We did an instrumental record, and when those sell on the merchandise table or through the website or wherever people buy my music, all that money then goes into the Remember Me mission. And uh, it keeps her happy and keeps me off my bicycle. So uh, <laughs> that's the beautiful part for me. Awesome. I get to do that. So what what can what can people do to get involved with it or to donate to it anything yeah. you know what what does it mean for the for for local Joe yeah somewhere yeah yeah remember me mission uh, is the name of it and they can go in and my wife is going to hit me with a hammer for not knowing I think it's remember me mission org okay uh, if it's not go to Mark Schultz music uh, don't go to just Mark Schultz because it's an all star wrestler who looks like me but uh, I you know. I don't body slam people. I just sing. <laughs> so uh, Mark Schultz music, and you can learn more about the Remember Me mission, read more about it. But what's cool is when you get involved, what we want to do is, is to, and we're starting to do it with other organizations we do, if you invest in these uh, kids that we're investing in, at some point in time we would love to go on a trip and say whoever's in, helped invest in these kids, man, we want you to come with us and go and see what, what's happening in, on the ground of where you know, your money's going and what you're doing. Oh, great. So that way it's just not like, hey, I wrote a check and bought a book. I hope it helps. Be like, it did. And let's go, you know, let's go visit those kids that you're helping. Hmm. So listeners, uh, we'll go ahead and double check all those URLs and we'll put them yeah. in, the, in the episode description for you. And don't talk you. to my wife about so, it. Yeah, no one tell Kate. Please No don't. one. Please no don't. One. Yeah, that's right. We'll know if you did. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as we kind of close down here uh, and wind down in this interview, any final thoughts, any, any words of encouragement or anything to to listeners out there, to leaders or to musicians? Yeah, I would think, uh, man, here's what I'm seeing. Mark DeVries, the youth minister that, I was, uh, that, I, that I've hung out with 30 years at one church, you know? 
man, there is a season, and, and I just don't think people, there, there's so much coming at a leader nowadays. They're so It's like trying to drink out of a uh, fire hose that uh, leaders and musicians uh, who do music, they just need to take time. They just need to take time to get away and just be quiet and just, and have, again, I think it's important to have the, the mentor who's ahead of you, walk with somebody you can share with, and then the person you can invest in. But I think more than anything, I'm just seeing burnout happen all over churches, just burning out, you know what I mean? People needing you to be everything for them and to dump a lot of stuff on leaders and for them to lead their churches, but also do all the, all the other stuff that goes on with, with that. And, um, and I just think that um, we just feel like, you know, people just in general go, well, it's the church and it's the pastor, so he's got time for me. I mean, he's got, everybody's got time. So I just, I'm just gonna, you know, that's what they do, you know? But um, you tell me, I don't know. And you're just starting and you've, you've got some smaller congregations, but it seems there comes a time where you just need to get quiet and rest and, and get to a place where you go, uh, you know, one, a minister came to me after I've been traveling around doing music all the time, and he said, you look tired. And I said, I am tired. And he said, you know what? It was always meant for you to, for God to fill you up and for you to give away your overflow, not for you to give away everything in your cup. Wow. You know? So he said, spend time with the Lord and get quiet and get around people that fill you up so that you can give out of your overflow, not out of your essence of who you are until you're just, you've got nothing left. And I remember uh, I've had uh, ministers who have said to me that I met with, and they said, you know what? Sometimes I just get so tired and so worn out. I'm thinking, I'm going to do something dumb. Sometimes I feel like this is, this is getting into crazy land, but I think this happens sometimes. There may, I may do something dumb just so I can get off the, the, the spinning wheel. wheel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm not planning on doing something dumb. Maybe just mentally I do something dumb because I'm just, there's just so much going on. And, and subconsciously, that's the only way for me to, to get off the spinning wheel. And so uh, I just think it's, there needs to be a, a balance to fill up so you're not giving out of your, yeah. emptying your cup boundaries have been one of the biggest things I've had to learn about, mm. definitely. And it's interesting for me because I'm a single guy. I'm not married. And so all the personal time in the evening that pastors would take to be with their families, people just assume I don't have any. Right. Well, that personal time is still personal time. Absolutely. And so I've had to say, like, no phone calls after this time yeah. and things like like I've really had to be intentional to set those boundaries and remind right. people that, yeah, I may not have a family I'm investing in right now, but I'd like to have one. And those habits begin now. So I couldn't agree more with that. And yeah. I love, um, I love that answer. So Mark, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day for this. This has been wonderful. Um, and it's really been a blessing for me and we'll continue praying for you, thank you. as, as you travel and minister to people. Um, but thank you so much for what you do and for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to The Lead Podcast. My name is Ryan Becker. I'm one of the co-hosts and producer of this podcast, and we really appreciate your support. If you want to subscribe, then you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any of your favorite podcatching apps. And if you do subscribe on iTunes, then we just ask that you please leave a review. That really helps us out to know what we can do better and the things that you are already enjoying, the things that we can continue doing. Make sure you do subscribe and leave a review because we're always doing giveaways and that really, uh, that's the way that we do it is we do it for those who have left a review. 
If you have any comments, questions, or feedback for the show, you can email us, leadsupodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter, Roger Hernandez at leadsu, and myself at Ryan180Becker. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting. Without you, this is not possible. We'll see you next time.